0: Hello and welcome to the Phileas Club, the show where we get people from around the world to tell us how they saw the news from around the world. This is episode 21 for January 2010. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Phileas Club. We are a little bit late for a number of reasons that I'm not going to bore you with. But we have Turkey, as usual, with us and uh, returning, Tom Merritt. How are you doing, Hello. guys?
1: Doing well, thanks. Turkey? Hey, are Patrick. you doing well also? <laughs> well,
0: I'm 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 looking out some news for you, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Um so many thanks to both of you. Um Tom for waking up at a, at an ungodly hour for being with us.
1: It's actually the normal hour I wake up. It's just on a Saturday, but you know, yeah, you've done well, it for me before, so. you're well. Fair is fair. You're very kind.
0: And Turkey, thank you for uh, scouring the news for me, because I have to say, this is probably going to be the most horrible Phileas Club show ever, because I have no idea about anything that happened
1: this month. Um, Well, uh, here, let me summarize it for you, Patrick. Uh, There was a small explosion in Iraq. There was a big explosion (laughs) in Afghanistan. Haiti's still in trouble. Iran and the U.S. are fighting. All right. Thank you very much for coming on the, the show, news. and
2: we'll and get that's to you the next. The news month. and Toyota has a new slogan: <laughs> "We keep going <laughs> and going and going."
0: <laughs> this is all right. You know what? I, I'm sure everyone expects us expects us to start with uh, Haiti or, well, first of all, uh, as I was saying, I'm probably not going to be very good on this show. Um, I had a number of things that happened that prevented me not prevented me but I had many things to take care of and as some of you might know um I don't have a TV I do everything on the internet and I didn't really have time to anyway this is sort of my sorry excuse for not having anything intelligent to say in that uh in that show so your computer exploded excuse. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. On top of everything else, uh, people who follow me on Twitter have been entertained by my cries of anguish and despair for the past few days. Hey Patrick, we can
2: just go with the flow like all other podcasts and just start <laughs> talking about the iPad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is actually, you know what? We should talk about the iPad. Maybe not, you know, the, the boring stuff like, are you going to get it? But uh, talk about how it was received in our countries because it... At least in in France, I know it's the case in in the u s also it made the headlines for a few days so um uh, should we let's not start with it though let's not go too far um, first, I guess uh haiti uh, quick update still completely um uh, messed up obviously, it's been making most of the headlines for the t- first two weeks uh, of the month. Uh, here it was. I guess it's fairly easy to assess the the, the coverage of this. It's like Haiti needs help, uh, poverty, destruction all around, and uh, the U.S. is sort of taking charge of everything. Given yeah. charge by um, by you know the country, the government, or what's left of it of Haiti. Yeah, and
2: then the religious leaders go on TV and say it's all because they made the pact with the devil.
1: <laughs> well, they always say that when something happens somewhere. So that's the uh, that's the kindly religious attitude towards a disaster <laughs> is to blame blame the uh, victim for dealing with the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
0: usually what happens. Uh, you know, there was one uh, uh, interesting piece of of coverage about this uh, when the U.S. first started taking control of the um, uh, airport. There was one plane, a few few planes, but the first one was a French plane uh, that couldn't land because it wasn't super clear what happened. But apparently it was really difficult to handle all the traffic. And the U.S. uh, asked a plane from France with medical relief and help and, you know, uh, to not land, go away and come back later, basically. So there was two ways of seeing it. First of all, people were sort of snarky thinking, yeah, good job dudes, you're you're divert diverting uh help planes from the people who need it. And second of all, it was like I think most people realize this, but there is also a cynical way of viewing it uh, uh of viewing the US's involvement in this, which is they're in Haiti now and they're going to stay. This is going to be a, a, a you know, a strategic Point for the US going forward. Um, any they of this? They've
2: been there for a while since they overthrew the government.
0: Well, yeah,
1: d- Ever since hey, ever since Aristide was propped up by the U.S., I mean, the U.S. has not felt any great need to control Haiti any more than it already did. So, I I, I understand how the pieces fit together nicely in a conspiracy theory like that. The U.S. Yeah. you know set off secret nuclear bombs underneath Haiti because they're in <laughs> league with the mole men, and now they're going to you know seize those secret oil resources that no one knew about. But it, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, was there was there actual theories about uh you know the u.s you know uh setting up uh, nuclear devices yeah, not not the mole men part but yeah, there, <laughs> there definitely was the the rest of that was was batted around in the in the more conspiracy minded parts of the media interesting well we didn't go that far but um that's more of your um uh no agenda adam curry uh <laughs> set that we're we're kicking those theories around i see
0: okay um, Turkey, anything uh, super anti-American? They are trying to control the world in Saudi oh, Arabia?
2: We know that for a long time.
1: So. Okay. So nothing, nothing new, new, basically. There. Yeah, nothing new. That <laughs> doesn't make the headlines, right?
0: <laughs> no. is um, not, any, not anymore. <laughs> What's uh, what's the uh, Arab well Saudi and maybe Arab world uh, attitude towards Haiti? Did they send uh, you know relief uh, humanitarian aid and stuff uh, like that or
2: Saudi, Saudi, the Saudi government donated fifty million dollars, I believe.
1: Yeah, so okay.
2: The the that, big news. I'm not,
1: on... I'm not sure. The big news on Haiti right now in the U.S. media is this case of people accused of smuggling out 33 children uh, when they said, oh, no, these were just orphans that we've, you know, legally put up for adoption and they've been accused of stealing them.
0: Right. We heard about this quite a bit in France also. Um, So to to explain things a little bit further, maybe um, uh, there was a humanitarian organization that was supposed to help children from Haiti who, um, basically, they were accused of technically abducting children from camps, uh, some of which still had parents, apparently, and um, taking them to adoptive families in the U.S. And it was reported quite a bit in France because it echoed another case from a few months ago uh, of a French... uh, uh, you know, organization doing the same thing uh, in Africa. I can't remember which country specifically, but they had the same issue. And the, these people were defending themselves, saying we didn't exactly know uh, that they didn't, you know, some of them still had parents, but they were. we were trying to help them and we were trying to... Um, get them out of a difficult situation and find them good homes. And it's sort of difficult to know exactly how and why, because it's one of those situations where the letter of the law should be observed and you don't just take out children of their uh, environment with, without the proper work and administrative you know, uh, um, uh, requirements. But then again, they might be alone, very young children without family in those camps, almost dying of hunger or, you know, in horrible conditions. So it's sort of weird to judge exactly if it's right or wrong, Uh, but the bottom line is that they shouldn't be doing it, I guess. Well, I think think
2: the basic reason and maybe why... Uh, they were caught and it was a big deal because they were a religious organization. When it's a religious organization, usually
0: within their own government and their
2: own people do get sensitive about these
0: things. Um, I wouldn't think it's because they were a religious organization. I mean, in France, I don't think it was a religious organization and it wasn't even that big a deal if they were when it happened in France. Uh, The big issue was you don't just take children out of their, you know, uh, environment without the proper, it, it could lead to incredible abuse. It's like ch- child abduction. Was that the, the, I mean, obviously the religious aspect of it would be mentioned, but Tom, do you think in, in the U.S., was it reported as a, a big issue for the religious organization side of it?
1: Well, well, that's what made it a controversial headline is that this was a these were Baptist missionaries from Idaho. Right. So this, if it had been, uh, I don't know, some sort of UN organization or some independent thing that didn't have the paperwork, then it, then it would have sounded like a bureaucratic error. But because it was, you know, it was a, it was a Christian organization, and oh my gosh, you know, how how could we ever conceive of a, a Christian organization who we would totally trust to to be stealing children? That that makes it more sensational because you mm. would assume that. Those religious organizations are going to uh, abide by the laws more closely than some secular organization. At least that—that's sort of the flavor of it, of the way it was reported here.
0: That's interesting. It, it barely made a mention in France. I guess you know we've we've talked about uh, uh, atheism in, in France and the whole attitude towards uh, religion here a few times. The fact times, that you're godless communists. Exactly. <laughs> that that plays into it. And uh, us godless communists considered it a, uh, you know, a problem because it could lead to abuse, of course, but the fact that they were religious or not didn't really factor into it. Maybe you're like, well, you wouldn't expect them especially to do something like that. But I guess mostly we, we hmm, interesting. I think, maybe it's me, maybe I'm just completely uh, uh, gullible, but... I think that most of them, may, maybe there was a, a thinking person, evil genius at the head of it, but most of them were thinking they were doing a good thing. Yeah. So. Well, uh, I don't know. Is uh, I know he Haiti is basically
2: Christian. Is it majority Christian there or? yeah i yeah. think catholic Baptist, event. Yeah. catholic okay see that's one of the problems it even hurts within their population when uh, a, a specific religious group tries to take their own children then they're trying to convert them so that's also gets sensitive within the people themselves let alone oh wait I'm, so, I'm sorry
1: they're devil worshipers i forgot
2: <laughs> yeah devil worshippers. who got <laughs> punished <laughs> for their
1: sins according to whatever um,
2: his name is i don't remember his pat name pat
1: robertson Jesus. oh
2: god <laughs> that guy is an idiot
1: uh, no, all kidding aside, it's eighty. I just looked it up. It's eighty percent Catholic. However, yeah. uh, Haitian Voodoo is is a practiced by up to two thirds of the population. So, you know, eighty yeah. percent of them are Catholic, but of those eighty percent, a big chunk of them are also doing a more traditional religion on the side. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: all right, to, to round it up about Haiti, uh, it, it's sort of losing its uh, steam a little bit uh, in France now. We're reporting on it a little bit, but not as much, obviously. You know, it's been a, a month. Um, it, it seems like the overall uh, assessment of it is we're not doing things well enough. We, as the international community, um, could be done better, and it seems that things are taking too long and uh, it, it's it's not efficient enough, but it's getting done. It's sort of a, well, what do you expect attitude. So
1: yeah, I think know. a lot of that has to do with the fact that people's perception of Haiti is that it has no infrastructure, has no standards for preparedness. And, uh, you know, wh- wh- how, how are we supposed to help when, when things weren't, you know, the groundwork wasn't laid ahead of time for, for kind of a disaster. And that's sort of cold hearted. But it's also sort of true. I mean, that doesn't mean you shouldn't try to help, but it definitely makes things harder when uh, when the infrastructure has crumbled so much. Uh, Mm. It's kind of amazing. They've been able to do as much as they have been able to do. But I think this is the key point for people to start paying attention to Haiti. I've actually not dismissed the coverage. I've watched it and I've made donations and, and, and tried to help in the small, insignificant way that I can. But this is the point when people are going to start losing interest and when they will actually need the help to, the most. So if if you really do want to help Haiti, now is the time to figure out, okay, now that everybody's moved on and they're going to start watching the Oscars and the Super Bowl and or, or whatever the distraction is in your country, now is the time to pay attention because fewer people are going to be helping now that the celebrities aren't on the phones taking the donations anymore. Hmm. I guess so. Um, a few
0: reports about people being uh, taken, saved uh, from the rubble a couple of weeks after uh, the incidents.
1: And um, that's about it. It's dying down, I guess. but yeah, Like I said, most of the coverage here is about the, the Idaho group that, that took the kids. Yeah. There's, there's almost no other coverage
0: anymore. Um, Turkey, was it, uh, you know, the main story... Uh, in Saudi Arabia for at Uh, least a week or
2: I think for I'm not sure for how long it has been a major story for yeah about a week I think maybe okay
0: all right Uh, let's move on to something a little bit more um, let's say light Uh, bombings (laughs) there were a bunch of bombings that got mentioned uh, (laughs) you know they're they're lighter than than
1: earthquakes it's true
0: (laughs) <laughs> um you know iraq afghanistan do we pakistan uh, yeah if you want yemen
2: uh, let's see let's see I, i'm sure i can think of a few <laughs> If you want.
1: oh yeah what was the uh what was the uh the the yemen uh invasion snafu there there was a the, uh, kind of a detente or something that got disturbed i read something oh. briefly about that
2: yeah there was uh, in yemen there is uh, a rebellion from a group of Yemenis from the northern part of Yemen, a small group of Shi'ites uh, who are rebelling. They're called Houthis. and uh, They've been fighting the Yemeni government for a while, and they did attack the Saudi side. They entered the Saudi border. Saudi uh, declared... Uh, well, officially That's...
0: it's not called a war. That's from a... last month, wasn't it? I, yeah, I, I but, seem uh, to remember you yeah, mentioned but
2: it. Right now, they just agreed to the Houthis withdraw from the Saudi borders and ask for a complete ceasefire. So, currently okay. on oh, the no. Saudi side, things are quieting down. And in Yemen right now, the government has uh, provided the rebels with the conditions for uh, the end of the war, the fighting. And apparently, the Houthis are initially accepting those conditions.
1: Oh well, there was a new there was a new result. Uh, there was a new development this week, though. Just a couple days ago, Yemeni forces killed 16 Shiite rebels, including they claim a number of the leaders. After the ceasefire fell apart, that was the uh, thing that, that, I, that,
2: that I was thinking that, about. that news happens every other day.
1: Okay, <laughs> That's yeah, the same oh.
2: exact news headline. Gotcha. Uh, All right. Uh, sometimes it's true. Sometimes it turns out they didn't kill anybody. It's just uh, a lot of, and every once in a
1: while, Reuters decides to report it.
2: (laughs) Reuters decides to report it every five seconds. So yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I guess a little bit more on the on the tech side, but still uh, reported was Berlusconi's uh, attempt to control YouTube and the internet, which is sort of worrying because he basically owns every single media outlet in italy and he's trying to make the um the service providers youtube first of all uh, responsible for what's being uploaded uh and libel and uh uh, stuff like that Uh, but i don't
2: think that really matters uh, unless uh, the european union agrees with it
0: um, well, it depends. If they make it, uh, you know, if they make YouTube uh, responsible for a libel being uploaded to to the site, uh, it they could prosecute them in in Italy.
1: Which... Right, but there's. Uh, I think Turkey's right because there's a European Union directive that says that uh, providers like YouTube, third party providers, have a safe harbor. Yes, they, but then you can't hold them liable for the content posted by their. Absolutely, you know, user. yeah, but then it
0: needs to be, um, uh, there needs to be a trial in uh, Italy, and then it will go back up to um, to to the European Union, to the Commission, and it, it doesn't, I mean, the Commission could possibly say, hey, wait a second, what are you doing? But that's what they did with uh, the three strikes law in France, and it didn't really, you know, they sort of went around it and made it uh, and adopted it anyway. So now it could be challenged if there is a, a trial that goes on high enough to, to actually go back to the European Union. But I'm pretty certain that it would still, you know, have a chilling effect in Italy. And it's, it's even on principle, I think it's a, a
1: worrisome trend. You know? Wait, I, th- I thought with the three-strikes law that the European Union did send it back and say, hey, you need to uh, you need to modify this. France modified it a little bit to the yes. satisfaction of the European Commission. So yeah. is, what, is what you're saying that that could happen here where Italy sends it up, European Commission says, no, this violates the directive, Italy kind of tweaks it just a little bit and then everybody pretends that it fits?
0: Well, look at, look at it the way that um, states are... Uh, handling things in the u s now um, for example, for a an uh, which one was it uh, the abortion laws issue if uh, the there is you know women have a a, a, a federal right to abortion i can 't remember exactly how it works, but uh, if you have a right on uh, the federal level and a state votes a law that goes against it, then in order to challenge it, you need to go into a trial that goes high enough to goes reach to the, the federal Party. level.
1: Right. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I
0: think it's, it's something to that effect in in here too. Um, if there is a blatant uh, issue, then the federal, uh, the, the European commission could take a look at it and say, wait a second. And, and, initiate a very heavy uh, process that could do something. But in the meantime, they're probably still allowed to do what they want on the state level because, obviously, we have even more independence on the state level in Europe than you guys do on the state level in in the U.S., for example. So uh, we have to reconciliate both at one point, but there could be a a period where it's unclear.
1: It's also similar. It's also interesting that at the same time, Australia... Has gone and uh, a judge there that did go to go to the courts, like you're, you're mentioning. A judge there decided that an ISP is not responsible for enforcing copyright law, uh, and so this, the ISP is well within its rights to tell the the movie industry, we're not going to cooperate on trying to track down uh, copyright folks unless unless it's a an investigation, unless it actually goes to court. We're not just yeah. going to take your word for it when you say someone has violated copyright.
2: Well, apparently and, they have a judge with brains
0: there, so... <laughs>
1: that's the, one of the few. And it it was um,
0: also the analogy he made, which I'm uh, hearing, I heard from you on, on Buzz Out Loud, was you don't sue the um, electricity company because the uh, infringer or alleged infringer used electricity. Used electricity, yeah. So... Yeah, it's it's it makes a lot of sense, and it's time that some things like that uh, happen a little bit because recently it seems like things have been going the other way uh, a little bit too much. It's all it's always a back and forth, but between this and ACTA and a few other things that are happening, um, it it seems that we're g- going back to over protection of the. Uh, you know, copyright and uh, IP, so, and obviously, I don't want people to misunderstand. I'm not saying we shouldn't protect them. I'm just saying that due process is still important. And while we're talking about tech, let's talk about the iPad. And unlike this <laughs> unlike this uh this ip and uh and youtube discussion it's actually very um uh l- legitimate to have it in this show because it was at least in france a major major event uh all the newspapers uh Talked about it on the day of and uh, a couple of days afterwards, and there was a very interesting um, survey that was made a few days after the announcement was made, which was uh, which um, uh, revealed that about sixty to seventy percent of the French population had heard and knew of the iPad. And uh, among those, about two thirds were willing to give it a chance and buy it, uh, and and you know make the purchase once it's out. So that was a, an incredible, incredible uh, uh, result because you can imagine how much money you 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 need to invest to get a, a retention, uh, a brand retention of. 60 or 70 percent of the population and apple did it with a single announcement which is completely completely amazing i mean it was making the headlines on every major newspaper the 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 eight o'clock news was being uh you know was having uh reports on it live from the the show can you imagine any other company that would have something like that happen a tech company no one ever
1: has anything like that it's it's Completely unbelievable. Well, it takes the whole consumer electronics show to, to kind of bring that kind of, uh, kind of attention, which is the entire tech industry except for Apple. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I Are I, you I going am... to
2: compare the tech industry to Steve Jobs, the god of
0: tech? <laughs> well, that's the thing. He's just one man, and he's getting more... How... How...
1: Hmm...
2: How does Patrick, he Patrick, do he's, he's a god. How many people do you think worship him compared to anybody else?
1: <laughs> we did an episode of the Real Deal on CNET about this. A guy named Carmine Gallo, uh, who's who's been kicking around the tech industry for a long time, covering stuff, did a book about Steve Jobs' presentation methods uh, and how he creates that reality distortion field that that captures people. And and you know, Car, Carmine's writing the book. To help other presenters you know people who are in business uh, to kind of crib that and and recreate some of that in, in their own presentations but essentially what what steve does is very formulaic he he's he's able to kind of hit on some common themes that humanity is is really understanding and and desirous of he's able to put you in a dark room and control the message uh repeat points Make things very simple. Have good visual background. Don't overload people with information. If you notice, he's always got one point, a couple of two words, point, yeah. three point. Move on. It's, some of it isn't even all that revolutionary. It's the kind of thing you learn in, in college in a speech class. Uh, but he's just refined it to a, a perfection. Okay, but that... Speaks to tech geeks. I mean,
0: the fact that we would be interested, I can understand. How come the rest of the world goes crazy about things like that?
1: But that's what I mean. Is he's de- he's learned not. To speak to tech geeks he's not up there throwing a bunch of processor speed at you you know even the a4 chip which got a little geeky when he talked about the chip part of it was very simplified it we didn't talk about anything inside the chip we know we don't know anything about that chip or why it's faster or better but he made you believe it was by showing it and we've developed this and you know the cadence it's it's designed for the folks who aren't already on board But at the same time, to just, you know, bring those folks that are on board right along with him. Uh, You know, and he's got the staff in the audience clapping at the right moments and all of that sort of stuff. But but I think to your wider question is like, why do people care in the first place, right? They got to get into the auditorium before they become part of that reality distortion field. And that has to do with the simplicity of the products. You know, the iPod was very dead simple to use. And that was always the complaint. Is that it couldn't do X, y and Z, and that didn't matter to most people. They're like, "Oh, that's so beautiful and well designed and easy, and I get it and, and so and the, and they've been carrying out that theme in a way that that nobody else does. I, the, the other people make more functional machines, they make better machines, they make cheaper machines, but nobody makes simpler machines. Okay,
0: but still. Why do the New York Times, the, you know, Le Figaro, Le Monde in France and other major newspaper stop the presses and, and stop everything when Apple is talking about something when it's just an, an, a, you know, a big – I'm playing devil's advocate here. But sure, sure. It's, it's a big iPod. Why yeah, does w- the world have to stop? I understand that our world, our tech world has to stop, but... Because because people want to know
2: right now. He's he's a revolutionary. He brought you the iPod. He brought you the iPhone. But the people reaction, the, the media just goes what the people want. And the people, as long as the people are crazy about the iPod and the iPhone, they're not going to be crazy about the iPad. Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's the... the-
0: and at this point i'm very sorry to say that i lost the whole uh the rest of the show which is really a shame because it was way better than what you just heard we had a, a few very interesting conversation about uh the burqa and other things the islamic veil because of uh, laws being passed in france and we had great conversations about ah uh, anyway it i'm this kind of thing happens every once in a while and it's uh, incredibly discouraging and frustrating and I feel very sorry um, for both the the hosts that uh, were kind enough to arrange their schedules to to come and do the show with me. Um, In these times you uh, feel very sorry for yourself and then you remember that people die in Haiti. And other places so it's not a big deal so hopefully we will have another show which will be good uh, and not lost or destroyed by myself because this is entirely my fault uh, that will be next month and uh, I hope you will be there and you won't have uh, run and uh, in anger because I'm too much of an idiot to save a show properly so thanks again for being here guys and we'll talk to you next month bye